Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. God is good. We don't realize that that is our greatest hope and our greatest joy. But, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you this morning, the fact that God is good is also our greatest problem. You see, the Creator of the universe is completely perfect. He's completely holy. He's completely righteous and just in all His ways. And guess who isn't? Is the guy I was looking at in the mirror this morning when I got up. One of my favorite things in the world is vanilla ice cream. I think it's an incredible flavor of ice cream. Some people, they, they really put down vanilla. Um, we even say things like, I mean, I say it when things are just kind of normal and bland, we'll say, well, it's just vanilla, um, which is such a disservice to such an incredible flavor. Um, we're going to have a move of God this morning. But imagine, if you will, a perfect tub of vanilla ice cream, right? Just so white and beautiful and clean, and you just scoop it up. Is anyone feeling it this morning? And just for the sake of this illustration, we, we know the Scripture says that the Lord, He washes our, our sins as white as snow. So we'll just compare this perfect ice cream to the righteousness of God. You with me this morning? And imagine over here a porta pot. And I don't know how many of you have ever been to a cross country race before. And I'm, excuse me for being graphic just a moment in church. Um, cross country runners are very nervous people. And nervous people have to make trips to the restroom. I've been to these meets where you've got uh, 6,000 runners. And these porta pots. And these are high school students. They, they don't know how to keep things clean on a normal day. Their own stuff, much less somebody else's porta pot. How many of you know have ever been in one of these situations before where you see that the only restroom that there is is the porta pot and you're not going? Right? It's bad. It's not just bad, it's bad. And unfortunately for us, what Scripture describes us as, this is Paul, he said, everything that was good or righteous about me, he said, I consider it rubbish. And we don't say that word in English. I mean, I don't know the last time you say, well, that's just rubbish. We don't say that. That word 
In the original language is the word skybalon, which translates to a Greek word that's probably closer to the word crap or poop. It's, in fact, some believe it is actually a four-letter word that I'm not allowed to say in this church this morning. He said, I consider my rubbish or, or, or my righteousness beep. Porta pot. And another place it says that our righteousness is as filthy rags and that's, that's menstruation rags. Our right, that's us. Stuff thrown into a porta pot. And the scripture also tells us that, that just like, like a fool returns to, to his folly, his wrongdoing, it's like, it's like a dog returning to his vomit. This is a very accurate description of the human condition is a porta pot. So here we have a holy, righteous God. And we have us. And we do this thing where we think as long as we're mostly good, we're okay. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. And you're thinking, but, but I have. I'm, I'm telling you guys, we haven't. We choose wrong. And so here's us and we invite God into our lives, this beautiful bowl of ice cream into our lives. And we think because we're mostly good. Imagine if I were to take one of those little eyedroppers and just to walk into that porta pot and just, just take one drop out and come and just drop it on that ice cream. Just, just one drop. Can, can I say this morning, it's still mostly good. Are you hearing me? Like, it's still mostly good. But it's completely disgusting. It must be completely rejected. Our greatest problem is that God is good and He will not even let one drop of that filth Can I tell you, the most important thing about us is what we do with our revelation of Jesus Christ. And I don't mean our knowledge. Because a lot of us know a lot of good biblical knowledge. And I'm going to tell you, the more you know about the Bible will not save you. It's not do you know about Him, it's do you know Him. And in the midst of the middle of a, a pandemic, we're going to risk coming together there's only, like We could get up and preach lots of sermon series about lots of things, but there's only one thing that's of importance in this time, and that is Jesus and His work. For years, we've been asking people to accept Jesus. Some, some of you this morning, you've had people ask you to accept Jesus. I, I'm going to tell you this morning, Jesus is, He doesn't need your acceptance. 
Jesus is completely fine with who He is. He is God. He is Lord. He is Master. And He doesn't need you to accept Him today. We don't accept Jesus. We surrender to Him. We trust in Him. That's what faith is. The word faith means to trust. And that's where we are today. We're at a place at a crossroads as, as a congregation, as a nation, e- even as individuals. Do you trust Him this morning? Do you trust Jesus or do you trust yourself? In Romans chapter 5, if you want to turn there, you can. This is what it says in verse 6. It says, while we were still weak, while we were still, listen, while we were still nothing more than a disgusting porta pot, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the disgusting. He died for the completely broken and homeless, ho- hopeless. Verse 7, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person. I, I like some of you guys. I don't know if I would die for you. I hope I would. Though perhaps a good person, one would even would dare even to die. Verse 8, but God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still completely broken, completely unworthy, like, like you can never do anything good enough to earn God's love. Like, let that sink in. Let that free you this morning. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. For so long, we thought, if we could just keep the rules. In fact, if you look this way, that's what, that's what this whole first part of the Bible is about. It's about, hey, here, people of God, here's a bunch of rules. See if you can keep them. And you know what they found out? It's impossible. And all it did was make them aware of just how broken and disgusting and in need of a Savior they were. You can never be good enough or righteous enough or clean enough. But completely just as you are, Christ died for you right where you are. Before you'd ever done one good thing. I'm preaching the Gospel this morning. Like, I'm, I'm going back to the beginning. I'm going back to the basics this morning. If I would, I would hold up a mirror in front of each and every one of you so you realize that I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you this morning. Not, not to the person next to you. I'm talking to you. Christ died for you. 
So He saves us. Everyone say saved. Have you heard that term before? Have you been saved? My question is saved from what? Saved from what? Rescued is that word. Saved. Saved from sin? Can I, can I tell you, friends, sin is what, not what was coming for you. Saved from what? Well, we find it in verse 9. It says, Since therefore we have been justified by His blood, that's the blood of Jesus, much more we have been saved by Him from the wrath of God. And this is where it gets crazy. We're saved from the wrath of God. Listen, listen to me. We're saved by God, for God, and from God. Some of you, this is going to blow your minds. Listen to me. We're saved by the grace of God, for the glory of God, and from the wrath of God. How is that fair at all? Because, once again, ladies and gentlemen, He's perfect. He's this perfect thing. And He's going to reject anything that isn't perfect. God is going to completely pour His wrath out on that porta pot He's going to completely destroy it, completely burn it up to where it doesn't exist anymore. And I'm going to tell you, that's bad news for Drew. Because that's who I am. Because I can't do anything good enough to earn my way into God. So all the thing I can deserve is His complete wrath on me his complete punishment on me his complete anger towards me like well i thought it was the wages of sin that was death and that's true the wages of sin is death but who's paying the wage but the king of creation who will not let anything but holiness in his sight and think about this think about a judge our king our master the lord he's a good judge And imagine, if you will, for a moment, that someone breaks into my house and steals all my stuff. Sells it all off. And we catch the guy and we go before the judge. And the judge says, I'm a a good judge. I'm a kind judge. And he looks at the guy and says, because I'm good and loving and full of grace, you can go. You can go free. I would say that's not a good judge. I would say that's a bad judge. That's an evil judge. Imagine he had done something to one of my family members while he was there. Now it's just not my stuff. Now it's personal. Now you've attacked my family. And you're just going to let him go free? You're not a good judge. You're an evil judge for letting the guilty go free. And our God is the most perfect judge. He cannot let the guilty go free. That's a problem for everyone in this place today that God is perfectly good. So our greatest problem is that God is good and He must satisfy the justice that He lay claim upon. God completely hates sin. And I think you say, I thought God was love. I thought He was perfectly love. How can He hate anything? 
can I tell you, perfectly loving means perfectly hating. Think about it. If you love the unborn, you hate abortion. If you love Africans, you hate slavery. If you love Jews, you hate the Holocaust. Like perfect love means perfect hate. And here's God who loves us so much but perfectly hates the sin. Enter Jesus Christ. And what Scripture says is that Jesus, He goes to the cross to take the punishment for our sin. What Scripture says is He who knew no sin. Can you imagine that for a second? I don't think any of us can. Can you imagine never knowing sin? Can you imagine never, never being ashamed? I mean, in the room, how many have ever been completely ashamed of something you've done because you knew it was wrong? You're not raising your hand. You're a complete liar. And now I'm going to shame you publicly. No, I won't. Can you imagine being able to look people in the eye and not have regret of something that you said that you shouldn't have said or something you had done to them that you shouldn't have done? Like, can you imagine that kind of freedom? Jesus was completely perfect. He was completely without sin. And Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. Here's the only man that never owed a death. And so what does He do? He goes to the cross. And He who knew no sin, it says, it's not just that He took on our sin, it's that He was made to be sin. It's not just that He was living in the porta pot like all of us do from time to time. It's that He became it. And in that moment, the wrath of God was poured out on Him. A punishment, ladies and gentlemen, that we will never know. So intense that moments before, hours before, Jesus was in the garden praying such an intense prayer that He was sweating blood. And His prayer was this, God, please let this cup pass from Me. But if it's Your will, I'll do it. And I... I don't think he was just talking about dying on the cross. Because in my mind, that would be a bit cowardly of him. Knowing that many of his followers would die similar fates. Many of the disciples would die in just the same way. In fact, history tells us that Matthew, when he was brought to the cross for proclaiming the love and goodness of Jesus Christ, that he asked to be crucified upside down because he did not want to be crucified in the same manner as his Lord and Savior. And so I don't think when Jesus prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me, that he was saying, God, I don't want to die. I don't want to die on a cross. No, I don't think that's what was in the cup. I think what was in the cup was the full wrath of God against sin. And he knew he knew. And so hang on that cross. 
the entire wrath of God is poured out on Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, something that us in this place today have never known. So one man saves all of creation. One man saves all of mankind. And why this one man? What, what about this one man? Well, this one man, he was more valuable and more special than the rest of the entirety of mankind. This one man, Jesus, And so here we are today. People who, who live in a broken world, in a fallen world. People who do walk around ashamed. People who do walk with regret. People who say things they shouldn't say and do things that we shouldn't do. People who sin. And the Holy God is looking at us There's this crazy thing we do as people. Like, we all hurt. Like, we all have hurts. We all have... things that bother us. Some of it, it's stuff that was done to us. Some of it's stuff that we've done to ourselves. And what we try to do is we... We try to like try to fix it on our own, you know? Like we just try to fix it. It's like we have this gushing wound and we're just throwing band-aids on it, trying to like maybe I can fix it. And, and the band-aids could be anything. I, all of us have different band-aids that we try to put on it. Some of it's of us it's bad relationships. Some of it's good relationships. Some of, it's, some of us, it's alcohol. Some of us, it's, I don't know, you name it. You know your thing. I don't know. Some of you just watch TV way too much. All you're trying to do is slap that Band-Aid on that pain, on that hurt, on that thing, that wound that just keeps bleeding. And some of us become frustrated with the bleeding people around us. Listen to this for a second. Some of you get so frustrated. The people in your family, your friends, they're hurting wounded people and they're bleeding. You get frustrated. So you think you're going to throw Band-Aids on them. And it causes tension and strife and fighting and all these other things that go on. Because we think we can fix it. There's only one cure. And that is the man Christ Jesus. Who is perfect peace. Who is perfect joy. Listen, He is perfect freedom. He is perfect freedom. 
And so all this baggage and wounds that you've been carrying around for so long, I'm going to tell you some really good news. Like Jesus is so powerful. He has so much life that even death could not hold Him down. Can I tell you something? This morning in this room, there are people in this room who believe that Jesus is alive right now. Like, like, not we hope He's alive. No, can I tell you something? He is alive. He has so much life in Him that death itself could not stop Him. That was what Jesus' earthly ministry was. As Jesus walked on the earth, He walked around and just brought life everywhere He went so that sick people were healed and demon-possessed people were freed and dead people were raised because He is life. He is hope. He is joy. He is peace. He is freedom. So here's Adam back at Genesis 1. And he screws up the whole thing. God says, don't eat of the tree. He eats of the tree. Disobeys God. Screws up the whole thing. And you're just like, oh, Adam, come on. You had one job. And yet I know, I know if it had been me, I would have done the same thing. Because how many of you in this room today, you've known the right thing to do and you did the wrong thing anyway? That was your tree. And so here's Adam who eats from a living tree and dies. And here's Jesus who hangs from a dead tree and lives completely reversing the curse can i tell you here's the good news this morning is that there is freedom in jesus christ there is freedom in jesus christ there is joy there is peace there is hope There's not There's not a stop button for your problems though. Can I be honest this morning? When we surrender to Christ, it's not all of a sudden our problems stop happening. I wish it'd be an easy sell. Everyone would be a Christian if that were the case. Like, do you see them? They never have problems ever. I wonder what the deal is. Well, they're Christians. <laughs> Sign me up. That'd be such an easy sell. No, but Jesus, He says this. He says, in this world, you will have troubles. That's Jesus talking. It, it's going to be hard. I, I look around this congregation, and some of you I've just met, and some of you I've known for years, but I've gotten to hear your stories. I got to hear some of the stuff you guys have walked through. It's heavy stuff. But across this room this morning, there's this resounding message that says through the difficulty and through the hard times, through the trouble, 
there was always Jesus. There was always Jesus. There is life in a resurrected Jesus. I love the story in John chapter 3. It's the story of Nicodemus. He's this religious leader. He knows so much about the Bible, right? He thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. He doesn't realize he's a porta pot. And he sneaks to Jesus in the middle of the night because he's worried about his reputation. He doesn't want all the other religious guys to know that he's been hanging out with Jesus. And he sneaks to Jesus in the middle of the night. And Jesus tells him this. He said, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Like, you don't get it. Unless you're born again. And it freaks this guy out. He's like, wait, how am I supposed to go back inside my mother's womb? Which is just the dumbest, weirdest thing to imagine in your life. And Jesus is just like shaking my head. No. But Paul says a similar thing in Corinthians. He says that if anyone is in Christ, listen to this, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Like you die. The old you dies. The porta pot dies. What happens is God puts this beautiful Sunday in front of you and says, Have at it, son. That's what you get. What did I do to deserve this? Nothing. You just didn't. It's because I'm good, it's because I love you. So, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. And you're a new you. That's why when we baptize people, we grab them and we shove them down under the water gently most of the time. And then we pull them up again. And the reason we do it that way, not just sprinkle them, is because we're saying, you are dead and now there's a new you. That's pretty awesome stuff. And I think that makes us Baptist. So we'll tell everyone. Because we baptize. But something has to happen. There's a transaction that happens today. It's a transaction. It's, it's not you adding Jesus to what you're already doing. It's you dying to yourself. Last week we talked about rock bottom. But some people won't turn to Jesus until they've hit rock bottom. I just want to say there's some of you this morning, you've been faking it for a long time. Can I be honest? Maybe you've gone to this church for years and you've got all of us convinced that it's okay that you're living for Christ, but you know in the secret places of your heart it's a lie. And if anybody ever really found out what, you, what your life was like, can I say this morning, just let the light shine on those secret places. Just let His light shine. 
Won't it be painful? Sure, death is painful. But you know what's amazing? New life. Freedom in Christ. It's, a, it's, a, it's an act of trust. It's an act of trust. I don't know how many times I've had this, had, have this conversation with my daughters. You know, kids, they just don't fully understand, do they? And sometimes you have to say, look, I know you don't understand. I just need you to trust me on this one. It's more than you can comprehend right now. Just trust me. I know that thing makes you feel good. I know that thing you, you think you can't live without it. But he's saying this morning, just give it up. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just surrender to me this morning. Paul says it like this in, in, a, in a running analogy. And I love running analogies because I'm a running coach. He says, let's lay aside all the sin and run the race. Can you imagine a runner running a race with, I, I imagine, big bags of trash. Just big, those big old hefty bags. Hefty, 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 right? Just full of crap. And he thinks, See, I need this. Running his race with those. And, and the Lord's just like, look, just lay it down. Just lay it down. Here in a moment, I'm, I'm going to give an altar call. I'm going to ask if, if this morning you're saying, I need to trust in Christ. Here in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come up to this altar. You can kneel, you can stand, you can lift your hands, you can pray, you can, you can do whatever you need to do. But here in a moment, I'm going to ask if you need to surrender your life to Christ to come up here. I'm not asking... I'm not asking if you're willing to go to church here for a while. Not, that's not the invitation. I'm not asking that you have things already figured out. Maybe you're saying, I don't know how this looks. I don't know how I'll live without this thing in my life anymore. I'm asking you to walk up here and surrender to Christ. But if it's embarrassing, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus hung naked on a cross. It was embarrassing. You've tried it your way for so long. You've had so many people try to tell you about the goodness of Christ and at moments you've felt maybe now's the time for me to give it all to Him. But for some reason you've held on. This morning I'm asking you to let go. Surrender 
to the King. I said it earlier in service. I'll say it again. There's a day coming when every knee will bow to Jesus. There's a day coming where God is just going to show Himself to all of mankind. And when we see Him, it's going to be so intense. I just believe it's going to be the most intense moment any of us have ever had. And all of mankind throughout history is all going to have the same response. We're all going to drop to our knees and realize just how unworthy we were. What I'm asking you this morning is to do that today. It's to surrender today. Because yeah, this is the difference between heaven and hell. But can I tell you, surrendering to Christ is more than just you don't have to go to hell. It's you get life today. Eternity starts today. Heaven starts today. Will you bow your heads with me? Just talk to the Lord. Friends, this is not even the message I had for today. I had a really great Thanksgiving message. But what could be more important? If you're a believer in this place, just begin to intercede and pray for those who right now feel the Holy Spirit tugging on their hearts. If you're, if you're here this morning and you say, I need to surrender to Christ. Listen, I'm not even saying it's because you're lost. Maybe there's just one area of your life that you haven't given to Him. Maybe it's just one thing that you've held back. You've given Him everything else, but there's just this one part. You say, no, I need this. Today is the day for freedom. So, if this is your first time to say yes to Christ, or if you're just saying, I need to surrender in this one area this morning, I'm going to ask you to come at this time. Just continue to pray. Thank you. Just begin to talk to the Lord. We'll wait. I believe the Lord's doing a work.
Friends, don't hang on to your crap. Don't hang on to your crap. Surrender to the Lord this morning. freedom today. going to have you do something. Please take it seriously. You never know what's going through someone's heart. You never know what someone's struggling with in the secret places of their heart. But if, if you feel comfortable with it, maybe even if you don't, here in a second, I want you to turn to the person next to you and just ask them if there's anything that they need to surrender to the Lord. You don't have to tell them what it is, but if they say yes, would you just bring them up here to pray? There's nothing magical, magical about coming to the front. But I do believe there's something important in the action of moving. And so if you would, if you just say, hey, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's whoever. Hey, if, is there something that you need to go? And pray about right now. Jesus, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. God, we thank You that while we were still sinners, Christ, You died for us. God, I thank You that Your mercy, Your mercy is new every morning. God, I thank You for newness of life. I thank You for peace through Jesus Christ. Jesus, I pray today that You would just completely wreck our hearts with an image of who You are. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.